Thanks for joining us for this podcast. We hope that it inspires you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about the life and ministry of City Lights Church and how you can connect with us at city-lights.church. Good morning, church. Even before I begin, I want to say a big thank you for Pastor Andrew and Beck for this opportunity this morning. I count it a privilege that I'm here to bring you the word of God this morning. The series that we have been doing called Grow has been so good. Can I get an amen? It's been so enriching and so fulfilling. Last week, Pastor Andrew spoke concerning planting and the importance of staying grounded and rooted in God's word. If you have not listened to the podcast, I encourage you to do that. It will encourage you. Just a little bit about myself. As Pastor Andrew said, I'm Twinkie. That's my actual name. It's on my birth certificate. If you need any evidence, I brought it with me this morning. I'm joking. I did not bring it with me this morning. I'm from the Caribbean, a small island called St. Lucia. So if you're not sure where the Caribbean is, it's a chain of islands between North and South America. There are many islands, but I'm from just one of them, the most loveliest one, St. Lucia. A little bit about my background, I was not raised in a Christian home. By that, I mean my mom and my dad, they knew that there was a God, but there was no relationship. So I did not grow up with reading the word or praying as a family or going to church. Like We knew there was a God, but there was no relationship with who God was. If someone were to tell me, did you have a relationship with God? I'll be like, what are you talking about? I had no idea when it came to the aspect or the topic of relationship with God. My mom and my dad loved their children. I can say that. But their relationship with each other was very toxic. So I grew up in a household where I constantly experienced my mom and my dad with domestic violence, both physically and verbally. So growing up in a household like that, I, I grew up being very confused. Like, what is happening? Is that the way um, a father should treat a mother? Is that the way they should speak to each other? And so I grew up having a sense of confusion when it came to love or even when it came to connection. I was like, I, I don't have any example of what connection or relationship or love looked like. Um, at school, I was uh, labeled mentally retarded, um, actually. And um, my teachers did not think very highly of me. Actually, my mom did not think that there was so much of uh, a bright future for me concerning um, academics or, or education. And so you can imagine the thoughts and uh, going on in my head about not being good enough, not knowing if there was a, a place for me in this world. Why am I alive? Why is all these things happening to me? But You know, when we are in the deepest and darkest of of holes, when we are in the deepest and darkest of confusion, God is not intimidated. Do we know that God is not intimidated by what people have said about you, what you think about yourself? Because he is God of all. So there was this incident when I got saved when I was 13. My dad left when I was 12 years old. And he left without giving an explanation concerning why he left. And so I was, again, confused. Like, what is happening? 
And at 13 years old, there was a crusade happening. Now, I'm not talking about the, the religious wars. That's not when I got saved. That's a long, long time ago. Back home, a crusade is when a church has come outside in a community and they just have church outside of a church building. Really, that's what we call a crusade back home. And there was this crusade happening in my community. And I was back in my home, out, like in my house, and I heard this ruckus going on. And I was like, what is going on? So I went up to the crusade and there was this preacher... I have never seen him before. Again, I don't have any experience of church or any experience about Christianity. And this preacher is saying, there is someone who is searching for love. Your father has left. You are broken. And I am so confused because I'm like, who told this guy? (laughs) Who have been speaking about this guy concerning me? At the moment, that was my question, but of course, now, knowing that it was the Holy Spirit speaking through this pastor directly to me. And right there at this moment, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I said something that I will never forget. After I got saved, I said, Lord, I want to be the mightiest young person for you. At the moment, I had... No idea what I was professing. I had no idea what I was saying. But as time continued and progressed, I began to realize that I was professing my spiritual hunger for God. This morning, I have such a great opportunity to speak on a topic that is so dear to my heart called spiritual hunger. Oh, yes, I love spiritual hunger. Now, some of you may have heard of spiritual hunger before, or some of you have no idea what it means or what it entails, or some of you have heard about it, but you're still a little bit confused concerning what is spiritual hunger. So spiritual hunger, if I were to give it an explanation, it, will, it, it means it embodies a desire to seek and connect with God. It is a reasonable appetite of the soul that will continue to crave and want connection with God. We would say that spiritual hunger is a drive to overcome anything that prevents us from connecting with our God. It's like we're wanting to step over any obstacle preventing us from wanting a relationship with God. I would also say it embodies a thirst for life. It embodies a a thirst for peace and a thirst for delight in God. Seeking God or having spiritual hunger should be the most important priority of our lives. And I'm not just saying that because, but the word of God also let us know that. In Matthew 6.33 it says, but seek thee first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. In Psalms chapter 105 verse 4 says, Seek and deeply long for the Lord and his strength. Seek and deeply long for his face and his presence. So we see the topic or the aspect of seeking after God or spiritual hunger as a fundamental, it's a fundamental nutrient or ingredient for us to grow in our spiritual walk with God. As I was preparing for this message, I felt the Holy Spirit was saying to say to my people that this message is for everyone. 
Whether you have been saved for eons of years or just recently, or you haven't even made the step yet or the decision to follow Christ, this is for you. So I encourage us, I'm saying us because I'm involved as well. I'm encouraging us to lean in. I'm encouraging us to posture our hearts, our minds, and our emotion to receive from the Holy Spirit because there is something for each and every one of us this morning. Can we do that? Yes. I want, to, I want us to search through the scriptures this morning as we look into the life and the heart of the psalmist David. So we're going to look at Psalm 63. I love this psalm. Psalm 63 attributed to God. It's, it's a passionate expression of a deep longing that the psalmist David had for God. In a time of desperateness, while in the wilderness of Judah, David was crying out for a deep longing for more of God. So Psalm 63 verses 1 to 8, and we're going to read from the ESV version. It should be on the screen to the back. It says, Oh God, you are my God. Honestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. My right, your right hand upholds me. Throughout our time together, as we go through Psalm 63, I want to just look through three questions that this time will continue to expand and expound in relation to spiritual hunger. First question is what does it mean to desire spiritual hunger? Or what does it mean to desire God? I mean, that's a fair question, isn't it? Yep. Second question, what does the person look like who desires spiritual hunger? Or the third question, how does a person desire spiritual hunger? And this is the application, the to-do or the step in to what it is. So before we go on, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your presence and we thank you for the gift of your word. My God, I pray that even as I speak, Holy Spirit, speak through me. As John the Baptist says, let me decrease as you increase. I pray that the hearts of your people will be fertile to receive your word. And that word will plant more fruit, much fruit in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. As we look into the first question, what does it mean to be spiritually hungry? First off. To be spiritually hungry, and it should be in there. It's like a teaching, you know, I, I'm, I loving the, I'm loving the teaching, preaching kind of thing, hey. To be spiritually hungry means to have an intimate, personal relationship with God. What does the psalmist say? In Psalm 63 verse 1, it says, Oh God, you are my God. We see here that David knew God in a personal and an intimate way. He knew God for himself. Now, there is a difference between knowing someone and knowing about someone. So I can know a lot about Gwendy Lafayette, the beautiful Gwendy over there. I can know a lot about her. She's a great speaker, great teacher. 
I may have heard about her from what people may say, but it's just not the same with knowing her personally. Now, with me knowing Gwendy personally, that would mean me having to take time to speak with Gwendy, probably going on some coffee dates, yes, yes. Going out for lunch, getting to know her likes and her dislikes. And as, our, as we continue to spend time together, our relationship will begin to grow. So there is just not a head knowledge about knowing Wendy, but there is a heart connection about personally knowing Wendy. Now that is the very same thing with us and our relationship with God. We don't want to just have a head knowledge about him, but we desire to have an intimate personal relationship with him. And that happens with accepting Jesus Christ. So this is the foundation of, of spiritual hunger. The foundation is we need to have a personal intimate relationship with God. Now what does John 17 3 says? It says, and I'm just going to read it. Now this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have set, sent. So the first seed or the first step in our spiritual hunger is us turning away from our sin and looking to the finished work of Jesus Christ with him dying for our sins and again raising from the dead. Now what do I mean by turning away from our sin? What I, when I'm saying turning away from our sin, I mean rejecting or it's like a complete turning from the things that we used to do that, that doesn't coincide with God's word or it doesn't agree with God's word. So we're turning away from it and we're looking to, wow, okay. and we're looking to God. Come on, come on now. So we turn away, we are rejecting what doesn't please God and we're looking to God, to what pleases God. This is what I mean when we, when we speak about turning away. But it does not stop there. It does not stop with we just turning away from our sins and looking to God. Yes, this is the foundation. This is the first step. But there must be a cultivation, a continuous, continuous cultivation of our relationship with God through time spent in his presence. So we have the foundation. Yes, God, I accept you as my personal savior. I, I reject my sin and I look to you. But it doesn't stop there. But I want to continue to cultivate my relationship with you so that I can grow in my walk with you. Let's continue to explore what it means to seek spiritual hunger. Second point we have here, to be spiritually hungry means always to desire more of him. What does the David says, the psalmist? Honestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Now, didn't David know God? Yes, the answer is yes. He knew God because he called him earlier in the verse, Oh God, you are my God. But David realized that there was something more. There was a deeper wanting, a deeper yearning for God. David wanted to go deeper. His whole being craved for God like a thirsty man in a desert, in a wilderness. 
Now, have you ever been on a run? Now, I've lost some of you like, what is run? Is that a verb or a noun? Run. But stay with me. Or have you ever been in the Brisbane summer heat? I know a lot of people might be, yes, yes. And you are so thirsty that you will do anything to get a drink of water. Now, I'm going to confess this on live. It's on podcast. I am working on it, but I don't drink much water. It's bad. Drink water, guys. But this is what I did because it's so hot. I bought this bottle that, you know, at the sides have like 1 p.m., 2 p.m., 3 p.m. You can make it. You can do it. And um, I've been filling up this bottle, and I've, it's like I'm in a competition with myself. So it's 10, it's 10 a.m., and if I've drunk to 1 p.m., I'm like, I'm winning, I'm winning. It's like I'm in a competition with myself. Oh, my gosh. But this is, this is, the, this is the picture of, of someone who is craving God. David is like, I am God, I want you, I... I desire you like someone in a desert. There is no water, but God, this is how much I thirst for you. This is how much I desire you. Let me let you in on a little, a little something, something, like for free. <laughs> when it comes to spiritual hunger. So the goal of spiritual hunger is not to be in a position where you have where you don't need anything else of God. Or you don't need, or you, you in a place where you are complacent and you sit back and say, oh, I have, I have arrived. I don't need to do anything else. I don't need to push anymore. That's not the goal of spiritual hunger. See, the goal of spiritual hunger is to remain in a hard posture where we are continually wanting to act like Jesus to live like Jesus, and to love like Jesus. This is the goal of spiritual hunger. Matthew 5, 6 says, and it's a famous verse. It says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, it is noteworthy to point out that Jesus said, those who are hungry and thirsty are blessed. Now, when we think naturally, when we think about hungry and thirsty, we don't think of it as a blessing. In the world today, it's one of the, the highest topics, like spiritual hunger, not spiritual hunger, but world hunger. And when we think about it, we think about it in, oh, like, that's not, that's not, that's not a blessing. Why is this saying, you hunger and thirst? Like, this is not a blessing. But if we change our mindset or our mindset is renewed concerning spiritual hunger, spiritual hunger is when we continue to lean in, when we continue to want and desire the things of God, when we continue to make space in our lives to connect with God, spiritual hunger, it's a good thing. Let us remain there. We don't graduate from being spiritually hungry. Let me say that again. We don't graduate from being spiritually hungry. It's a constant journey. It's a continuous remaining. That's the goal. So if you are in a position and you are constantly wanting God, you are constantly wanting to connect with God, wanting to go deeper, you are in the best place. Remain.
That is the goal of spiritual hunger. When we look at the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul is a great guy. I knew him personally. No, I did not. I, I wish I did. I wish I did. But no, I did not. The Apostle Paul, he was like a, the most, one of the most significant figures in the history of Christianity. He wrote these letters to churches and he, he was like so many people gave their lives even through his ministry. And someone would look from the outside and say, wow, Paul, Paul made it. Like, Paul, you can rest now. You have done so much. You have done so much in the ministry. But listen to what Paul said. And I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation because it explains it so beautifully. Philippians 3.12. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I am pursuing. But I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me to make me his own. Paul is saying, hey, I have not even really touched the, the ick of the barrel when it comes to connecting with God. He's like, but what I continue to do, I continue to remain hungry. He said, I continue to run that race with patience, looking unto God, who is the author and finisher of his faith and of our faith. Spiritual, spiritual hunger means that there is always more that God requires because he is infinite. He is boundless. He is limitless. We can't place any stop sign on God. Just a caution for all of us, and I'm saying us because I'm involved as well. If we have figured that we have reached a level of our Christianity where we can just, we can just rest on cruise and put it on like pilot mode, like an Audi, a white one with pink leather inside, <laughs> and, we, and we, we're going, we're cruising. This is, this is, this is trouble. When we think that we can be complacent when it, when it comes to relationship with God, then we need to, we need to rethink. Because as we read here, we, we saw that David and Paul, they walked with God for so long and they did so many great things for God, but yet still, they were spiritually hungry. Back home, we have a saying, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. And basically what this saying is about is, hey, before you go into the damage, you need to check where you are. You need to check what you're doing. Because if you don't stop what you're doing right now, if you don't check yourself, you will wreck yourself. I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to us, hey, this is a time for us to really look at our heart and really say, okay, God, where am I now spiritually? Am I, am I really wanting to connect with you? Do, do I have this hunger and thirst for more of you? Because if we don't do that and we continue just being complacent, there is a consequence, which is not a positive one. At school, I'm also a chaplain at a primary school for little people. Cute. And there is this saying that we say in the class, stop, look and listen. And when the student says stop, look and listen, they know exactly what they need to do. They need to stop. They need to look to the teacher and they need to listen to what the teacher is saying. And the Holy Spirit this morning is wanting to say to us, 
Stop, look and listen. Stop. Look at your heart. Let's take perspective of where we are now. Are we hungering and thirsting for righteousness? Are we wanting to connect with God? Let us stop. Let us look. When we have stopped, let us look. Let us look to Jesus Christ. God, what are you saying for me to do right now? And let us listen. God, what are you saying? But I will listen to what you're saying to me. Let us stop. Let us look. And let us listen. So we see that the first point with what does it look like to be spiritually hungry. We first said that it is having an intimate relationship with God and also having to desire more of God. And we move on to the second question. What does a person look like who is spiritually hungry? Now, when I speak about what a person looks like, I'm not talking about the outward appearance, but I'm speaking of the inward change. The change that the Holy Spirit does from within. The finished work of the Holy Spirit. And what we will come to realize is that with the inward transformation there will be outward change. So God works from the inside out. Let's look into the characteristics that the psalmist David said. The spiritually hungry person has inner satisfaction. Psalm 63.5a says, My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. David spoke of a deep satisfaction that comes from having a connection with God. He spoke of a deep satisfaction that could only come from wanting and desiring to go deeper in the things of God. We saw here that David was not complacent, but David was satisfied. Now, when we look into the Hebrew form of the word satisfied, it means to be enriched. So David was enriched with God. So complacency, as we have said before, is just sitting back and thinking that you no longer need God. You no longer need to spend time with God. You don't need to connect with God anymore. But when we look at satisfied or satisfaction, it's about being enriched with the nutrients needed to grow in with God. And what is the nutrients? Fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, hey, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. For such there is no law. That is the nutrients that we need. That is what it means when we are satisfied. Is that we are longing for the nutrients needed for us to continue to grow in our spiritual life. Spurgeon, a celebrated preacher, he said, There is in the love of God a richness, a sumptuousness, I love that word, a fullness of soul-filling joy compared, comparable to the richest food with which the body can be nourished. David felt spiritually satisfied and enriched after feasting on God, after spending time in God's presence. Just like naturally, you are satisfied with having a good rib meal. Yes. Or some of you would just like the barbie. Am I saying that right? On the barbie. There you go. So we see, first of all, the spiritually hungry person has inner satisfaction. Next one. The spiritually hungry person has inner joy. What does the psalmist say? And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. David had a joy 
that did not really sit on his situation and circumstances. Because when he wrote Psalm 63, it says that either he was running from his son Absalom from wanting to kill him, or he was running from Saul, who wanted to kill him. And this was not a good situation to be in. But yet still, David said, and my soul will praise you with joyful lips. David was not just experiencing happiness. Because when we look at the word happiness, happiness is a reaction to something great. So depending on what is happening, you are happy. But joy is the product of someone great. Joy is the product of someone great. And that someone great is Jesus Christ. And that product is constant. That product is unchanging. That product is the King of Kings. That product is the Lord of Lords. That product is able to transform, restore, deliver, make new, bring peace. That's the product. So David can say, oh, my soul, my mouth will praise you with joyful lips because of the product, because of the joy that Jesus Christ has brought to him. And it's available to us this morning. This is why we can sing the song that we sang this morning, Firm Foundation. I still got, like you have to help me out. I still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense because I won't be going under. I've got peace that, come on now, because I put my, come on. We put our faith in the product of someone great. And this is why we can sing this songs called Firm Foundation, because it is not just lyrics that we're singing. It is truths that we are professing. We cannot explain that kind of joy apart from God. There is no separation. They're one. The spiritually hungry person has inner stability and strength in crisis. Psalm 63, 7 to 8 says, For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. God was David's help. When I got saved... I went home to my mom and I told her what had happened. And she gave me an expiration date of two weeks. She said, I give you two weeks to do this Jesus thing. And I know that you will get over it. I was at the age of 13. Last Wednesday, I celebrated my 32nd birthday. I am still going strong. Yeah. strong enough but God was enough and that was enough I held on to God for stability and strength because in my own strength I may have I may have not passed that two week two weeks that she gave but every single day I kept stepping I kept saying, God, as I said to you, I want to be the strongest, the mightiest young person for you. I'm walking towards you, God. Father, you are going to lead me. You are going to guide me. And after that two weeks, I said, my God, 
I have made it through the two weeks. Let's go, God. We're going to do it for the rest of our lives. And I'm continuing to go strong in God. But this can be, it doesn't have to only be my testimony. But it's ours. It is ours. It's for each and every one of us. I mentioned earlier in my testimony that I was labeled mentally retarded. And at school, there was this teacher. I was in my maths class. I love maths. I I was in my maths class. And my teacher put a sum on the board. And she said, Twinkie. And so and so. So and so was the brightest young person in the class. And she called us to do this sum. To work out this sum. And I stood in front of that blackboard. And I had no idea what to do. And this girl was done in no time. And she had a seat. And I just stood in front of that blackboard. Because I did not know what to do. And this teacher said to me, Twinkie, this is why you will never amount to anything in life. And honestly, church, I really took that to heart. Like I took it as mine. Because here I'm thinking, if a teacher who ought to be encouraging me and saying, you can make it, you can do it. Do you need extra lessons? Is saying to me, that you will never mount up. It must be true. And I held on to this lie as truth for a very long time. But, there is always a but. I like it. But God's mighty hand was holding and sustaining me. To me, having to graduate at high school with top honors. Come on. Yeah, it is something to celebrate. And me having to be the first one from my family to go to university. And I'm in my last year right now. And I'm believing that I'm going to graduate with top honors. This is the God that we serve. And this is the product of us wanting and desiring more of God. And wanting to connect with God. Having to step in and going deeper. It gives us inner stability and strength. It enables us to have joy. It enables us to have inner satisfaction. God is able to do it. Not only for me. But for each and every one of us. Our last question. How does does a person seek to be spiritually hungry? And we do that by integrating God in our everyday life. In every area of our lives. There is no area in our life where God is separated. Whether it be family, whether it be education, whether it be business, God is an integral part of every aspect of our lives. And we see that even with the psalmist David as we read. In verse 8 he said, my soul, my life, my very self clings to God. You know what? I love our church. Because we have made like intentional and deliberate efforts For us to connect with God through our podcasts, through our daily Bible plans, rhythms of renewal. We have discipleship pathways. It's like we have deliberately made space for all of us to thrive and grow in our spiritual lives. Something that I really love and what God has been speaking to me about is like creating, deliberately creating space where I am, like space or environment when I am spiritually hungry. So in the morning, I know that when I wake up, the first thing I see is my Bible. So it's right next to my bed. I have memory verses on my wall. I have alarms on my phone that says sacred time. It's time to spend with God. 
prayer time. So I have deliberately and intentionally created atmospheres that would lead me in connection with God. Now, you don't have to do it like I do. You don't have to do it like I do. You may connect with God another way. But my encouragement to us is that let us deliberately and intentionally create spaces where we connect with God. It is lovely that we can come together as a church and we get to be fed spiritually with so many great disciplines at church. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. Our relationship is not just for the weekend, but it's for a continuous walking in our everyday lives with God. Now, it is easy for us to say that, oh, like I just do not have time. And like a lot is up. And I understand that because yes, life happens. But let us not disregard pressure. Let us not disregard when things get challenging. Because what I've come to realize is that pressure or challenge really shows us what our priority is. So if I can encourage you, I encourage you to use the pressure to direct you to your priority. And I encourage you to enable it to bring you to the priority of being spiritually hungry with God. The thing is, it's, there's no, we don't lose without having to spend time with God. It's only a great gain. The word of God says that we ought to be doers of the word and not just hearers. He said, if a man who is like a hearer of the word, he looks into a mirror, turns and forgets what he looks like. But God says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, he shall be blessed. There is a blessing for us having to walk in obedience to God's word. As I call in the whole band. Spiritual hunger. Should be our most important priority. It is something that we. Should delight in. It is something that we should desire. With everything within us. And this morning I want to pray for two sets of people. As we're going to open the altar. In a while. But. The first set of people that I want to pray with are those who are here this morning and you have not made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. I said earlier that this is the foundation to which our spiritual hunger grows. It's a personal intimate relationship with God. And you may be here this morning and you feel that tugging on your chest or you feel like, oh my gosh, you start to breathe very heavily. The Holy Spirit is, is really speaking to your heart. He's saying that I am I'm at the door and I'm knocking. I'm at the door and I'm knocking. Will you open? Will you, will you accept? Will you say yes? And as heads bowed and eyes closed, if there is anyone who is saying yes I desire to have this connection with Jesus Christ I desire to connect with God I want to pray with you right now Father we thank you we thank you for your son Jesus Christ and the price that he paid for us 
Thank you for the, for the price he paid by dying on the cross for our sins. And because of what he did, that we can have a, a connection and a relationship with our heavenly father. God, we thank you that you are bringing this person into your kingdom. And as they step into your kingdom, they will know that it is not by their works, but by your grace. In Jesus' name. As we all stand at this moment, the second set of people that I want to pray with are those who, who desire to go deeper in the things of God. Those who want and, and crave for spiritual hunger for God. Now you're probably saying that I don't even really know if I really want to go deeper in God. You know what? The altar is a place for you as well. The altar is a place where you can seek God and ask for more. The altar is open at this moment for anyone who needs prayer concerning wanting a deeper relationship with God. Wanting to experience that inner stability, that inner strength, that inner joy. Wanting to experience that change. Wanting to say, God, I want you to be the most important priority in my life. The altar is open. And anyone, you can come up because the altar is a place of sacrifice. The altar is a place of prayer. The altar is a place where you can present your brokenness. The altar is a place of healing, of peace. The altar is a place you can come to when you desire spiritual hunger. So the invitation is open to you this morning. Will you make that first step and say yes? Will you make that first step and say, God, I desire more of you. As the band sings, more of you. And you come up to the front for prayer. Let's keep our, our hearts open and receptive what the Holy Spirit is going to do. Thanks for joining us for this message. We hope that it has inspired you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about City Lights Church at city-lights.church.